Welcome to Gaming for Good, brought to you by Salesforce.org, where we explore the latest innovations in digital fundraising, from gaming to live streaming and beyond. This is a season of playbooks, giving you the tools and tips you'll need to navigate this brave new world. I'm Will Bond, and with my co-host Shay Thompson, we'll be your guides, introducing you to experts inside charities, online platforms, and the worlds of gaming and streaming. Our third episode is an eSports playbook. The most basic definition of eSports is that it's competitive gaming, and the roots lay in early fighting game tournaments and StarCraft events in South Korea back in the early 2000s. The important thing about eSports is that up until recently, it's been played in front of a live audience, often in big arenas, as well as being televised or streamed live. And there is big money at stake, big prize pots up into the multi-millions and some charities like Special Effect, Child's Play and Stonewall have benefited from getting involved in esports. Shay is one of our experts in this episode. She's hosted tournaments herself, working behind the scenes on ideas from inception to massive events going live. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, like the atmosphere is always like really great. Like even if you're not a big fan of that specific game or genre, because like people who play video games are some of the most passionate people ever so it feels just electrifying to be around anyway and that attitude and that behavior is actually quite infectious in a really nice way it helps add this sense of like community around whatever game or genre it might be in terms of like actually making up competitions or tournaments the the rules will sometimes vary but most often especially in fighting games there are like predetermined rules that if you stray away from you're basically committing like cardinal sins so just like traditional sports huh another connection to traditional sports is players starting young to win there is a requirement to have very quick reactions so unsurprisingly some of the top players are in their teens i think why there's so much reverence given to younger players is because they're in the prime of their competing life basically if you go and look up like some cod players for example like call of duty players be like retired at 25 because their reaction times have slowed down even though 25 still very young but it's your reaction times have slowed down so much compared to people who are like 12 15 18 that is technically the prime of your esports life so that's why we hear a lot about it it's a good thing as well because for a long time video games have been seen as this thing that only rich white boys do i think it was a couple of years ago there was a fortnite player who got signed to one of the biggest esports clans i believe they're trans actually and they're deaf so it was like this huge deal that we're seeing gaming open up to so many different people on this kind of big global scale and a bit like the sport you might consider more traditional esports players spend a lot of time preparing for a big tournament i've seen kind of training regiments that are very strict. So six hours a day doing this specific drill or working with this character and what combination of players like work best together in like Overwatch, for example. I think just recently they announced in Japan that the first like esports training gym has just opened. So it's just loads and loads of computers you can pay for a period of time and just train for as long as you need, really, as long as you got the money. So it seems like there is real potential for charities wanting to engage with a younger, more diverse audience. But where to begin? Will Atwood is eSports marketing manager at the gaming giant Ubisoft. 
working on the Rainbow Six franchise, setting up tournaments, and supporting charities. He told us there are a couple of ways into fundraising through esports. One through game developers and publishers like Ubisoft, and one through the players and teams themselves. I'd say charity involvement is quite new in terms of esports, and I think gamers naturally are giving people. There are so many different avenues on the way in. So you can either come work with someone like Ubisoft, the game's kind of developer and publisher, and then you get quite an authentic experience in terms of working with us because we speak the language of our players because it's something we have to listen to every day. Then there are a lot of other avenues on the way in. And working with players and teams, they are fundamentally the, the most important part of the esports ecosystem because they're the ones that are playing the game every day. Many different players have causes that they care about. They've potentially got family members with illnesses or have been affected by things like that. So to them, being able to put themselves out there and, and help people that are, are doing such great work in the areas that they're really passionate about is great. And there are all sorts of ways to fundraise. Some tournaments have charged an entry fee and given the proceeds to charity. Others have live-streamed using tools like Twitch and Tiltify. Gamers are brilliant at coming up with new ways to help the charities they care about. The kind of creative ways that they have of raising money and raising awareness and all those sorts of things, uh, either through tournaments they're putting on themselves and the kind of all various invitationals, because most of the players tend to know each other. A lot of friendly rivalries, a few unfriendly ones as well, but it's kind of part of the game in, in, in general, especially when someone's beating you in these, these kind of competitions. And they can draw on that very native audience to bring those sorts of things in and start to allow other people to care about the things they care about uh, in such a, a deep way. Uh, one of the things we see a lot with esports players is that they tend to stream. And some of these people are streaming, they're streaming for like eight, eight, ten hours a day. And when you're able to sit there and watch those players talk about the things that are important to them, after a while you start to get into the very like deep emotional connection they have with kind of charity work for those kind of things that they really care about. We do have a player called Qualdog who does a thing called Radio Qualdog, where every month I think it is, he does like a esports charity stream where he like sets a goal and he streams until he hits the goal. He's actually quite an interesting story because some of the younger gamers don't really have that sort of charity mindset to everything. I think he's like 19 now, so maybe he's hit that stride very early. Um, Liam, in-game, username is Quadog. Uh, played competitively from around 2017-ish. Started streaming in, in about October 2020. Liam started playing video games at school. He was given a free copy of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six a tactical shooter game developed by Ubisoft. He played with friends from school and then started competing with people they'd played with online in the real world. We're in uh, the UK Nationals Division 2 at the moment on London Esports. Really professional organisation, like absolutely insane. I'm really enjoying playing with the guys that I'm playing with as well. Like so many stories we've heard about Gaming for Good, Liam's charity work started as an aside to the actual game. His focus was on entertaining people in a different way. Around September time last year, I think, myself and my previous team were taking part in an online event called Epic LAN. It's usually played offline, but the whole COVID situation made it online. I started streaming that just because people were interested. They wanted to see what competitive was like and things like that. Quite a lot of people get interested in that, that sort of thing. It's a completely different game. While I was playing, I, I had a few suggestions from people watching that as to what music I should play and they wanted to hear their favourite songs. So after the stream was done I had this idea that I'd create this playlist on, on Spotify, make it collaborative so that if I just shared the link online, anyone could click that link and they could add their own songs. To begin with, everyone contributing to the playlist was a friend, but then Liam put the link up on a group chat and it rapidly snowballed. 
within about an hour it had about a thousand songs on it because people just kept adding these songs and it played out really well got a fair amount of viewers people were donating to me and subscribing with their actual money and it was something just didn't sit right with me that I was taking people's money and it was just me being stupid online and playing other people's music. I think I put on Twitter that the next one I did was going to be raising money for breast cancer awareness. October 2020 was breast cancer awareness month and my granddad had bowel cancer, thankfully got over it, but it was breast cancer awareness month. It just made sense that if I could do anything, it would be for that. And it sort of spiraled out of control again and we managed to raise about 1150 quid or something like that, which was crazy to me and it just in inspired me to keep doing them, really. Liam now supports a different charity every month. People that follow me and people I'm friends with are from all around the world, really. It's not usually about just tying myself to this one charity. So for the radio call dog that we did after the first one, it was raising money for the children of Older Hay Children's Hospital in Liverpool, which is a lot more niche. That was quite fun to do. It was a mate of mine that's that's been really good to me called Sam. He's the owner of the organisation that I used to play for. He lost one of his best friends growing up to cancer at a very early age. It was such a sad story, but Older Hay were always there for him and his family and his friend's family as well that were dealing with grief. It's really important to see what good you can do for individual people rather than the greater, yeah. Will at Ubisoft has built a strong partnership with a charity we've heard about before. We're currently working with special effects for our UK Island national season, uh, which is basically a partnership that's going to last the entire 2021. Special Effect use the money they raise through esports and other gaming activities to support the lives of people with physical disabilities. They use technology like modified game pads and eye control to help people play video games. We've kind of got several avenues that we can do fundraising for them. Primarily for everything we've started out with, it's been more of a kind of awareness campaign and we effectively offer them like a sponsorship of our broadcast for free and allow them to kind of have the logos in the various places so people can just kind of see uh, special effects and obviously associate it with the work that we're doing, but also allow them to play their adverts out to kind of show the great work they've done, but also advertise their various like fundraising campaigns. So for special effects, particularly it was to do with things like Game Blast, which obviously is an event they do that several you know thousands of people come together to, to raise money individually through Twitch and things like that. We can help amplify that sort of thing and try and get our fans involved. Now, we're hoping that in the future we can run a kind of game blast thing on ourselves and use kind of our community with the kind of various outreach that we have through influencers and kind of press and stuff like that, kind of amplify that message and potentially bring in additional funding there. But also we can do things like run charity drives and we have the ability to kind of do like various giveaways and hopefully give away some sort of money can't buy type experiences, potentially with like game developers or, you know, talking to some of the kind of like largest esports teams, etc to kind of offer people experiences that it's worth donating for because you have a chance to win these great prizes as well. And for us, in terms of our sponsors that are on board as well to help like fund our league and stuff, they also have the option to come and work with Special Effects as well to try and drive additional funding in there, but also do a kind of combined charity push between Ubisoft, uh, the various sponsors we have, and Special Effects. Last year, we did a, an eSports calendar. Everyone loves a bit of merch, don't they? which we had uh, some local artists draw some artwork for us and then we sold that uh, to our community and then donated all the kind of proceeds to that to special effects. So there's quite a few different channels. I'd say like one of the key strong things is, is trying to get our community involved in the, in the best way we can, especially with the kind of endemic activities that whatever charity we're working with is already doing, so things like Game Blast. 
because they have that authenticity. Uh, and that will, I guess, in the kind of long run, we believe bring additional funding for anything that we could do through sort of corporate donations. Talking of corporate donations, I caught up with Brad Tenenholtz, who runs the Corporate Esports Association. The Corporate Esports Association is gaming for good, just like you guys. We bring in companies from all over the world and have them play video games against each other. Coworkers form teams, they pay a small fee to enter, and the winner of each game decides to which charity all of the entry fees are paid. So if you're a Microsoft employee and you have five coworkers who want to make a Valorant team, you hop in game together, you play matches for a few weeks, and the winner of the tournament donates all the registration fees to the charity. Brad shared a couple of key ideas for charities to consider engaging with. The first is what we call the Championship Series. In this, more than 200 companies around the world compete amongst one another to give money to charities that they feel strongly about. And indeed, just this season that's wrapping up now, we'll give more than $44,000 to charities across the United States. And that's not annual giving, it's just this season. The other things that we do private charity fundraisers as well. So if there's a particular charity that wants to work with us, we will run a fundraiser for them that has the opportunity of you know connecting them with a lot more people and raising significantly more money than what traditional fundraisers have been. The world of esports is a fascinating one. It's also early days when it comes to charity involvement, so now is the time to get involved. But if you're a charity and you want to get into this space, what are the few most important things you need to know? I asked all of our guests for their key takeaways, and one thing everyone agreed on is the importance of fun, but also authenticity. Make it authentic, make sure that you're not really overdoing it. I think this started out as just a laugh with some friends and it ended up doing some real good. As long as you're having fun with it and having a laugh and, and it's all about fun at the end of the day like charity can be quite a gloomy subject really especially when it comes to to the big stuff cancer and really heavy topics you need to make it nice and light i think to make it more relatable to the audience that you want to go for have fun with it i guess all gaming should be fun right but what about hooking up with people in the games industry here's will atwood from ubisoft i, I would say definitely re reach out to us mostly it's got teams and players tends to be very interested in helping out with charities. I think they all realise how lucky they are. They've been able to become professional gamers in, especially in kind of COVID times where there are people potentially losing their jobs and these guys are able to do something that's it's quite a luxury compared to a lot of other people. So they're willing to donate their time to kind of help out, you know, in, in any way they can. And I think a lot of them that we see already are already working with the kind of like natural charities that they feel fits their kind of life experience already. At the very least, they can come to us and we can say that we've got these few teams that have spoken to us previously about running charity events and, and they're looking for kind of partners to, to help out and to give a nice focal point to it. Um, and then we can kind of make that introduction. When it comes to esports, there are many different levels of players, from people who would usually play in their bedrooms or local meetups to those who can be at Wembley Arena. As a charity, where might you pitch your ideas? Will Atwood again. From the, the bottom level up, esports can function in someone's bedroom all the way up to these kind of massive events. And there are very easy kind of pathways between all of those, but you can get involved at every level. Obviously, it's very tempting to start at the top level, but actually there's a very authentic way that you can start at these very local LAN events, which is like local area network events, basically, where everyone brings their PC or their Xbox into one place and you all play. In the same way that I was doing that as a child, having friends over to play my Nintendo 64 and Xbox, 
those sort of things now on a more professional level where people go to individual places to play tournaments and the people who are working in those charities can come along to the events and share very personal experiences. Depending on where you are in the world, you might be listening to that last piece of advice and be thinking, real world events, we can't do that right now. Well, Brad Tannenholtz has a solution for you. When you look to how to raise funds for a charity going into the future, it's going to be a long time before physical events and physical meetings are going to be safe again. Looking to gaming and esports as a way of bringing people together meaningfully is really important. And There's a charity we're working with right now whose big fundraiser every year was a rock concert, and they'd have room for maybe you know, 250 people in the venue, and they would bring in audio, performers, food, drinks, and you'd pay for your table. And at the end of it, they would take away what they made. With us, we told them that our upward capacity was close to 15,000 people and really does not have to stop there. And that the overhead costs were significantly less and that we could do targeted uh, advertising from people who were larger donors. So the total income was much greater and the total expenses were far fewer. And that's uh, turning out to be a very good project. And to add one final thing from my own experience, charity involvement in esports works well when the game being played is easy to pick up, but really hard to master. Everyone has a bit of a competitive spirit in them, and getting some fun characters together playing that game, challenging each other is one way to make some pretty compelling viewing that works well for fundraising. So as a charity, you need to consider how to engage with the audience and picking a game like Fall Guys, for example, which is visually engaging and dynamic to watch, works really well. To summarize, make it fun, make it playful and do it in an authentic way. There are multiple ways into esports, from software companies to players and more corporate avenues. So start at the beginning and learn a little bit more about what might work best for your charity. As Will Atwood said, make contact with software companies, gamers and teams. They are keen to help, as are people like Brad Tenenholtz. Thanks, Shay. So there we have it, your eSports playbook to help you harness the power of eSports for digital fundraising. If you found this podcast useful, do check out the other playbooks in this series on downloadable content, software bundles and in real life events. For more information about Gaming for Good and to hear inspiring stories from fundraising trailblazers, visit sfdc.co slash fundraising guide. And thanks to our guests, Will Atwood, Liam Shattuck and Brad Tenenholtz. This program was brought to you by salesforce.org. It was presented by Will Bond and me, Shay Thompson. It was a Sounds Fancy and Fieldwork production written by Miranda Hinckley with research, interviews and additional writing by Curtis James. The music was by Neil Hale and post-production by Curtis James.